Hello, I'm Bill Sisson, Executive Director of WBCSD North America, and welcome to our latest edition of Transformative Leadership. I'm joined today by Aisu Katun. She's the Director of Sustainability at Greif. And thank you so much for joining me today, Aisu. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the work Greif and the products and services Greif provides, but they may never have heard of Greif, given you're much entirely a business-to-business uh, uh, supplier. And perhaps it would be important not only to give us a bit of an introduction of Greif, Isu, but also introduce to us the Greif way. Absolutely. Um, so Greif is a global leader in industrial packaging products and services, and actually the only publicly traded firm of our type. Our journey, which I think is interesting, started actually as a small cooperage shop in 18, 1877, making wood barrels and storage containers. I think three decades later, Greif became the largest cooperage in the world. By the 60s, the company had transitioned away from wood-based products to plastic and steel packaging products to better address uh, modern industrial packaging needs. And today we have about 250 facilities in more than 40 countries around the world. So in terms of the products that we manufacture, what I think most people don't realize is that products that are essential to our lives, such as you know, medicine, food, seeds, pigments used in clothing, uh, hand sanitizers that we've been using so much in the past year, first get transported in packaging products like ours before they're made available in smaller packages in stores around the world. So we produce steel, plastic, fiber drums, uh, intermediate bulk containers, reconditioned containers, uh, flexible packaging products, paper packaging products such as container board, recycle board, so anything that's basically related to industrial packaging. And um, you asked about the Greif way, uh, and it's basically a set of business principles that guide our business, such as embracing and encouraging diversity, being trusted to do what is right, and a commitment to continuous improvement. But it's also a set of standards that we set for ourselves and our stakeholders, such as personal accountability, creating a safe work environment and respecting others. So how does that how does sustainability fit into that? It's actually one of the core um, principles that guide our business and strategy and the way we operate. So when we talk about sustainability at Greif, what we're talking about is really focusing on financial, natural, and human resources wisely without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. That's truly an amazing journey you've been on from the Cooper sort of <laughs> days of old uh, to what is probably one of the most respected companies uh, in the packaging space that's em truly embraced sustainability as a core of its business strategy and way forward. So thank you for, for that. But it's not just about Greif, is it? It's about your customers and your supply chain. And so perhaps you could share with us a bit of your perspectives on what today your customers, customers most care about but more importantly, in my way of thinking, how, how has that evolved over the last, say, five years? Absolutely. Um, so climate change is definitely at the forefront of our global customers' minds, regardless of which industry they're in. They're focused on not only setting and meeting climate targets, but they're also trying to determine how they can reduce the carbon impact of their suppliers. So if we're talking about evolution 
there, I would say that the focus on climate change both increased immensely over the last five years. But what we're also seeing is that there's a big shift towards our customers setting more ambitious and science-based emissions targets. We're also seeing them broadening their scope of focus. And what I mean by that is before the focus of climate targets was on a company's own operations and what they could directly control, now our customers are looking at their scope three emissions and their whole value chains and trying to determine how they can reduce the carbon footprint of their downstream and upstream sources of emissions. Another topic that is becoming increasingly important, I would say, for our, our customers is circular economy. When we're talking about the evolution of circularity, I would say that our customers are now asking the right questions on how they can reduce their environmental impact from the packaging products that they get. And increasingly, they're turning to us to identify options for them to get more circular and to reduce their packaging waste. And we're definitely seeing an acceleration in the adoption of products let's say, that contain recycled raw materials. And like I mentioned, it's a lot of it has to do with the changes in the regulatory space. That's uh, it's climate, circular economy, cr critical topics to, I think, an increasing number of probably your customers. One of the things I noted in, in some of your more recent sustainability work at Greif is you've refreshed your materiality assessment. And I believe, if I've read that correctly, diversity, equality, and inclusion are, are now considered a material element of your company's strategy. Can you talk a little bit about why that suddenly has emerged on the scene as something very important? It, it's not to challenge the, the question. It's, it's, it's to get an understanding and help others understand why you've now included that. Yeah, I mean... Diversity is actually one of the other core principles of the Greif way. So we've always focused on this, and I think other companies have done so as well. But given the developments in the last, I would say, five to 10 years, there is definitely more awareness on diversity and inclusion and why it's so important and what benefits it provides to organizations and corporations around the world. So there's definitely, with that awareness increase, there's definitely more focus from our customers on diversity and inclusion. So when we did the materiality assessment, you know, as any other company does, we talk to our suppliers, we talk to our customers, we talk to NGOs, trade associations, and diversity came out again and again as one of those topics that's really, really crucial. One thing that I think is a little bit different than before, again, it's kind of related to what I mentioned related to climate change. What we're seeing with our customers is before they were more focused on, let's say, whether or not Greif has diversity initiatives. So what we are doing within our op operations in terms of diversity, but now they're asking us, what are your suppliers doing on diversity? And are you working with diverse suppliers? So there's a bit of a change in focus there as well. But it's wonderful to see that expand throughout the value chain. We do call it environmental, social, and governance. And I think certainly the environmental elements have been front and center for many years. Governance has arrived on the scene, but I think we've still got plenty of work to do in the S in ESG. And it's great to see that Greif is certainly taking a leadership position on that topic as well. So thank you for sharing that with us. You mentioned supply chain. You know, I think where you sit, obviously, in, in your business is, and, and the demands you get from your customers must then push you to be more 
considerate of what your supply chain is doing in this same in the same arena. Can you talk a little bit more about how you manage your supply chain, what tools or tactics you're using? A lot of companies struggle with this. And so maybe you have a few lessons or insights to share. Absolutely. And there's definitely an increasing expectation for us from our customers to evaluate our own suppliers. This is part of that evolution that we're seeing. And this expectation generally comes from companies who are leaders in sustainability. So those companies who have evaluated most of their own suppliers and now expect their suppliers to do the same so that, you know, together we can increase our impact and create more sustainable value chains So when it comes to Grife, we have started evaluating our supplier's sustainability performance through Ecovadis. We ourselves have been doing Ecovadis assessments, I think, since 2014, and that was basically at the request of our own customers. So that's how we got on that journey. But over the last two years, we have started assessing our own or evaluating our own suppliers through their platform, which allows companies to assess their suppliers' ESG performance. And so related to that, like other companies who have been on this journey, we set targets around that whole evaluation process. So one of our targets is to evaluate suppliers that represent 70% of our global spend by the year 2025. And we plan on doing that with Ecovadis. And that represents actually, I believe, 80% of our critical and direct materials. And starting next year, we will define a performance threshold for our suppliers as well. And again, related to suppliers, we also have a target around reducing the raw materials we use through down-gauging, using more recycled raw materials, and of course, efficiency. And we also focus on transitioning from non-green materials to more, let's say, green materials. I know that's a very broad concept, but that kind of covers what we're looking for. And we're actually, in terms of, you know, you talked about diversity and inclusion, and we're seeing, like I said, a shift at the request of our customers to shift looking at not just our own operations, but our suppliers. And Ecovadis covers that too, but I think there's more work to be done there. So there's definitely more work that we'll be doing around there too. I had a wonderful opportunity of interviewing Pierre Thaler a few months ago to talk to him about Ecovadis. So thank you for bringing that up. And I think you're certainly demonstrating how effective a monitoring and assessment tool like Ecovadis is providing can certainly help you make better decisions about what's important for your customers. So I think this is clearly a good piece of information for others to learn about. You mentioned Greif is also providing the packaging for hand sanitizers. And I think it certainly was a critically needed product over the last year or so. But I'm sure COVID also introduced some additional expectations, perhaps from your customers or from even from your supply chain. Can you talk a little bit about the the implications that COVID had on you as a company and how that may have changed some of your thinking or direction on sustainability? I think as everyone knows, due to COVID, there were a lot of you know supply issues around the world, especially at this first six months or so. As a result, what we have seen is there's definitely more emphasis on well-supported value chains with extensive alternative backup plans. 
which growth has today. And this is something that, you know, we've been trying to address for many years, this idea of having backup plans, making sure that there are other facilities close by that can provide the same products and services, making sure that we have backups for raw materials. So due to basically all that work that was done, we were in good shape overall. And from the customer's perspective, they need to know that when they order a product, especially during times like COVID, that it will be delivered on time in full and to specifications, because there's really no room for compromise there. And otherwise, we're not living up to our vision or their expectations. So that's not a change, but a strengthening of expectations that we've seen during COVID. Because we already have the systems in place, we actually have a program, uh, which we used to call We Got You, that basically ensures, like I said, that the raw materials uh, have backups, that facilities have backups, that, you know, thankfully we didn't get impacted as much as we might have had if we didn't have these systems in place already. COVID really did challenge a lot of companies in terms of how well prepared they were for the risks that just emerged literally overnight and the resiliency of their operations and their business models, frankly, as a result. Ideally, a lot of companies have learned some important and valuable lessons and like you have reinforced some of the programs you already had in place and strengthened them. Let's shift gears a little bit, talk about Greif in terms of who you are as a company and, and some of the great things you're doing. You were named one of the most responsible companies for the second consecutive year in 2021. This really speaks volumes of your efforts around ESG, sustainability, and leadership. How did you get there? And can you share some lessons learned that helped you to actually establish that credential? We've been on this journey for almost 15 years now. Initially, our sustainability program was narrow in scope, you know, mostly uh, focused on climate on the environmental side and the safety of our colleagues on the social side. But we then took a step back to determine the most material topics for Greif by conducting a materiality assessment with our both internal and external stakeholders. And we actually concluded a second materiality assessment this year. But based on that first materiality assessment and the results that we got there, we determined our focus areas and we set our global ESG targets. And at this point, one of the most important steps I think we took was to transition from sustainability being a siloed function to integrating it into our businesses all the way down to the facility level. So we created global teams with representation from each region and business unit. And we developed also a governance structure to create accountability and ensure progress. For example, our global team leaders meet with our ELT on a quarterly basis now. And, you know, a big part of this equation, or, or I should say an important factor in a sustainability program success is executive support and sponsorship. Those aspects have been key in our ability to, again, integrate sustainability into our operations and also risk management processes, which are really important. So I would say these are some of the key steps we took to get to where we are now, but we still have definitely a long way to go. Well, the business integration is becoming increasingly one of the most important stages of a company's sustainability journey. And and I think uh, I I read your mantra, packaging success together is your your byline or your your brand line. And, And there's so much meaning beneath those words, I'm sure. I'm guessing it's not just about the recognition you get as a company. There must be 
some form of business advantage or competitive advantage you feel you're getting from this leadership position. So can you share a little bit of insights on, on Greif as what this offers you in terms of your business advantage? Our company vision is in industrial packaging to be the best performing customer service company in the world. So when it comes to sustainability, that means understanding our customers' sustainability objectives, their needs, and determining basically what role we can play to help them reach those goals, which creates value for both our customers and us as well. So when you look at our customers, most have, for example, targets to become more circular or to reduce their carbon impact of the packaging products they get from us. So one of the things that we do with our customers to help them out and to differentiate ourselves from competition and to create value is to calculate their carbon footprint um, or, you know, of the packaging products that they get from us. And we use what we call it the Graph Green tool, which is our proprietary tool. It's basically a calculator that was developed by a third party based on ISO standards and independent LCA data of Graph products. So this basically helps our customers form a baseline of the carbon footprint of the packaging products they get from us. And once they have this information, it allows them to track, for example, their progress as they start to implement sustainable projects. So once we do that, we then start identifying projects to help them reduce their carbon footprint and become more circular or both ideally. So for example, for one customer, the solution could be to downgauge their products. For another customer, it could be to use more recycled materials. For another one, it could be to recondition and recycle more. So we identify different scenarios and options for our customers to, for example, calculate their carbon footprint to help them make informed decisions to reach their sustainability targets. And by doing that, we create value for our business. We differentiate ourselves from competition. And ultimately, our goal is to be able to provide our customers with options and help them become more sustainable so that we can collectively tackle some of these larger issues that we face as a society. Thanks, Aisu. Uh, you, uh, you, you got me thinking about a really important piece of work the World Business Council for Sustainable Development released in March of this year. It was called our Vision 2050. It was a refresh of, of some work that the organization had done 10 years ago. And as part of building out on all the lessons that have been learned and all the changes that have happened, uh, both economically and in, in some sense societally, one of those, the ingredients of the vision are we introduced nine pathways, one of which is an area you are intimately involved, which is in the products arena with circular economy built in. That's one of the the clear elements of the transformation that we think needs to take place, but also the, the ingredients of enablers, which we think also have to fall into place, which are policy, finance, technology, and behavior change. And as I hear you talk about Greif, you're actually in some ways practicing many of the ingredients that are important in the transformations that have to take place writ large. So from that long-winded sort of reflective moment, Perhaps as a closing question, what, as a B2B company, you've obviously pushed very far and, and very successfully ahead in your journey, but for those B2B companies that are just starting to think about this and to become part of this transformative outcome that we all need over the next 20 to 30 years, 
what would you recommend as sort of those early first steps that those companies should take? And, and more importantly, how do they measure themselves as to whether they're being successful? Big question, but maybe you could just give some insight since you've been so successful at this for the, for the last five, 10 years or so. I think as the first step I would recommend they take is to conduct a materiality assessment. Before you start on this journey, it's really key to understand the priorities and needs of your both internal and external stakeholders so that you focus on the areas that matter most to your stakeholders, but also what makes the most strategic sense for your business and where you can have the most impact. You know, when you look at sustainability topics there, I think more than 150 focus areas that you can put your efforts in, but you need to be smart with where you're going to put your money and and with your time and resources. So I would say that would be my first recommendation. Next, I think, would be to collect data if companies haven't done so already on the most material topics that they have identified. So let's say if it's climate, then collect energy data and don't be discouraged by the size of the task. You can start with one facility, one country or region, and then build from there and find out what the best practices are for the collection of data so that from the start, you build a good foundation. And going back to the climate example, find out which sources of energy you should be collecting data for and take the time to determine what makes it easier in the long term to collect data. Data collection maybe is not a very sexy subject, but it's so important in sustainability, both so that you can make progress and track your progress and show to the outside world that you're taking this seriously and you are making advancements. I think the next natural step is to set public targets for the material topics you identified so that you can both hold yourself accountable and drive the whole organization towards that direction. Finally, I think I would say don't make sustainability a siloed function in the company. Your progress, if you do that, will be very slow. So from the beginning, it should be part of your business operations. And at the end of the day, sustainability is a journey. And the important thing is to learn from others and to make continuous improvements and just get started. One more reflective moment, because you, you talked about them in, in different ways. It is about business leadership truly taking that mindset shift, right, to think about their businesses in a much different way. And you covered the topics around thinking of capitalism, in a sense, in a different way about inclusiveness of stakeholders and the broader sort of thinking about that reinvention of what we're trying to become. But it's also about being regenerative. And you talk about this as a company of looking at your product mix, looking at the the ingredients of your products, frankly, and trying to understand how you can reuse as much of what you've produced to further the advancement of reducing the impact on the planet. And I think the last but not least is building resilience into how you are running your business and your operations. So Aisu, I give the floor to you. Anything you wanna share or reflect before we wrap up? What I would add is WBCSD serves a very important function here. The problems that we are trying to tackle as companies, as governments are really big issues. And we're not going to get there without collaborating along our value chains with governments, with NGOs, and WBCSD is is doing that, getting us all together 
in helping us think about how we're going to work together, how we're going to progress and accelerate our efforts. I would say the most important issue now is acceleration. I think you guys play a very important role. I think that we BCSD members and who may become members to really take advantage of all the opportunities that you provide for us all to collaborate, because without that, we're not going to be able to tackle these really important issues that we need to be tackling fast. I see. Thank you for that. Yes, you're right. It is time to really be thinking about acceleration, but also scale. And I think of the products and services that that Greif is providing as certainly right in the sweet spot of opportunities for scale up and to really look more aggressively at how we can ramp up sustainable solutions across the value chains that we operate in. I do hope the the knowledge you've shared and the information and experiences you've offered in this discussion certainly benefit others that may be listening in today. So thank you so much, Isu. Thank you very much, Bill. It was a pleasure.